a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, it, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! Podcast dumpster diving. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> And, uh, How long ago was that whole elf thing? I um, feel like I've matured some since that we recorded that episode. <laughs> I assure you, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I've been trying. I mean, I don't know, I'm trying to juggle twenty different things. But I, one of the things I want to do someday, like one of my life's ambitions, is to make some new intros to the show. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be good. We just haven't said anything that intro worthy probably in months. That is another aspect of the problem. Stay tuned for today's show, though. Why? Intro bump fantasticities coming your way. <laughs> Listen. We'll see, because today we are doing some praise song crunching, which was, I think, the topic of conversation with the elf I quote came it, out. I think it was. So I, I think that, that you're right. There could be some real potential it here. Could be. Could just <laughs> set one of us flying off the handle. That makes the best radio, you know. Lucky you. Well, before we do that, I'm though, also in the middle of this fit challenge, you know. So I'm a little bit, uh, I've been a little bit hungry for the last couple of weeks. So That'd make that, for good radio. <laughs> that, yeah. Kind of like uh, starving yourself. Yeah, I think that works. Bird. You hear my stomach in the <laughs> Delightful. Okay, well, uh, what uh, buzzword do you have for me, Pastor Wolf? Speaking of fit challenge, my buzzword for you is self-control. Mm. <laughs> this is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that is my chief argument against the charismatics, by the way, who say that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in losing control. And how, I ask you, dear friends, can you see that the Holy Spirit is there when you lose control when a fruit of the Spirit is self-control? Hmm? Hmm. Hmm? That's all. Okay. I am at the last minute pulling together... Um, you want me to say something more about self-control? Yeah, say more about self I'm curious. What else Self-control is also an interesting thing to me because I've been doing a little bit of work on the classic virtues. You know, the four virtues of prudence, that means wisdom, and temperance, that means self-control, justice, which means justice, and courage, which means courage. So those four uh, are the classical virtues, and I, it's interesting to me that the, they overlap the, the the easiest way to see the overlap between the, the cardinal virtues and uh, the fruits of the Spirit is with that one, self-control. That's where they most clearly are speaking in the same way. Nice. Yeah. My theological buzzword for you is deistic. 
and this is what? the idea. I've never heard that one. Well, deism. De- oh, so, okay. So that uh, this is the the idea that God uh, is not involved in creation. So he um, he created the world. He set it into motion, and then um, kind of like winding up a clock, he just or, or spinning a top, just steps back and lets it go. He is not involved in his creation whatsoever. Um, it's been said that a lot of the founding fathers of our country were deists. Um, I, I'm not an expert in that kind of thing, so I don't know. But um, the idea here is is that uh, God is kind of sitting back, letting letting us all uh, uh, letting it all play out. Now, the very fact of the incarnation is proof that uh, this theology is not true, because when Jesus is born, he is born as true God in human flesh. So he is particularly involved in his creation, namely in in redeeming his creation, namely in dying for your sins. So it's hard to get any more involved than that. <laughs> right. So uh, I think deism is 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 wrong. Uh, you do? You just have a that sort of hunch? I have a hunch that I mean. <laughs> Not that God revealed it or anything, because he's just sitting back watching, but I have a hunch. <laughs> I, by the way, was on the other radio show the other day. Oh, which you don't even know about, Concord Matters. That's on the KFUO. Oh, I have heard of this. And uh, Joshua Shear and I and Jeff uh, Jeffrey Rice, who's up in your neck of the woods, were on there talking about... Reese. Jeffrey Reese. That's what I said. <laughs> and uh, and so we had a caller call in, and they were talking about how... Um, we are the three articles of the creed that God creates us, God redeems us, and God sanctifies us are are being are attacked so clearly. First by evolution, which denies creation; second by deism, which denies incarnation and therefore redemption; and third by liberalism, which denies the word is true. This is a fantastic point. Wow, yeah, that's good stuff. Why why don't we have callers like that calling our program? I don't know. I know why. They don't stick around for more than two shows. So thank you for listening for the first time to this uh, edition of Table Talk Radio. We do have callers. We have a ton of emailers also. It probably doesn't help that we're not live. but uh, And I think we're looking at some of the emails for the praise song crunching we're doing today. Is Indeed that not true? Indeed we are. In fact, if you have a praise song that needs a good crunch, then you can give us a call. 1-800-385-SOLA is the number. 1-800-385-7652. Um, or you can email them into questions at tabletalkradio.org, uh, which is what our uh, third or fourth listener from Australia has done. Left his oh. name nameless wisely. But he says, got a couple of praise song suggestions. I don't think that you've crunched them before. And they might even pass, he says. The first one is See His Love by Tom Lockley, which is performed by Jesus Culture. He says, This is occasionally used at my friend's charismatic Baptist church, but on the whole, it seems pretty objective and clear. So, with that said... I still don't get this name, Jesus Culture. That just sounds like, you know, like something you need medicine for. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like... You got a Jesus culture? Well, uh, I got to take a tetanus the, the, shot. The test was positive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's listen to this song, see his love, and then after we hear the clip, Pastor Wolfmiller will tell us a little bit about what the praise song cruncher is here to identify. This is "See His Love" by Jesus Culture. See 
Continues, greater love no one could ever show, mercy so undeserved, freedom that I should not know. All my sin, all my hidden shame died with him on the cross, eternity won for us. And then the chorus again, and then it ends with such love, such love, such love is this for me. So what do you think of that for a praise song? Huh. Well, let's let's go through the five praise song things, and then we'll run it through there. So the praise song crutcher is there to identify mysticism which is the bane of the praise song, and that is the idea that we experience a direct and unmediated presence of God uh, internally. And the way that we get to that is by asking five questions of the praise song. First, is Jesus mentioned, yes or no? Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to remember how this goes. So that's the first one. The second one is mystical form, which means sentence fragments and massive repetition. That's 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 how that goes. No, what you're looking for on that one is sentence fra- fragments and rapid repetition. Okay, that. Uh, so what I'm looking for in that one is a lot of repetition. <laughs> then the third question is uh, mystical content, which has a number of ways that we see it. One is Jesus being brought to me as my girlfriend. Is everything very subjective? Is it talk about losing yourself, being lost in the presence and such? That's the third one. Fourth. Is the, uh, law and gospel present and rightly divided? And fifth, uh, I want you through, you ask, is there any false doctrine other than that in the, uh, in the praise song? So those are the five criteria that we use to, uh, to, 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 crunch the old, uh, to crunch the old praise songs. Ah, that's it. Okay. Pretty simple. Yes. Yeah, so um, we have just about 20 seconds before the break. Whoa, so whoa, uh, whoa, before whoa. we dive, just dive right in into the cruncher like a, uh, a high dive into the swimming pool, um, what, what's, your, what's your first reaction to this song as you uh, heard it put there? I am surprised because the, it sounds to me like, um, I mean, you just listen to the music and you're like, oh, man, this one's going to be a disaster. But when you look at the words, they're actually, I think they're, not that bad. So I'm anxious to see how this is going to do on the cruncher. Uh, indeed. So when we get back from this break, we will uh, listen to the song See His Love as performed by Jesus Culture, written by uh, Tom Lockley. You are listening to Table Talk Radio, and you can submit your praise songs to questions at tabletalkradio.org. More from the praise song cruncher right after this. You really are listening to Table Talk Radio. 
The daily Bible meditation blog is at rightlydividedbible.wordpress.com, where three chapters of the Bible are considered each day. Check it out. One day while the light is glowing, I'll be in my castle golden. But until the gates are open, I just want to feel this moment. Just wanna feel this moment. I just wanna feel this moment. 6.8%. 6.8% of what? 6.8% of all the songs that we've ever crunched on Table Talk Radio have passed the Praise Song Cruncher. Hey, that's generous. (laughs) So, So by my records... And I'm That's, sure th- I wonder what the percentage of people who listen twice are. <laughs> I wonder if those are competing numbers. We've crunched 102 praise songs on this program, and seven of them have passed. That is 6.8% pass rate here on the Whoa. praise song cruncher on Table Talk Radio. Wow. Those numbers are staggering. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. Hey, you know what I'm upset about? Not about how bad the praise songs are, but what I'm upset about right now is the fact that I cannot order another version of the Bible that I have that I like so much unless I want to pay like $250 for it to get it used somewhere. Well, well, what dollar value would you put on the Word of God? (laughs) I just... (laughs) I just want my New King James pocket center column reference study Bible. (laughs) And apparently it's not in print anymore. Well, this is the best well, Bible ever. But I did that uh, when I was in college. The Bible that I'd always used uh, up growing up and through high school was just falling apart. So I looked at the ISBN number and got the exact same Bible layout. Because, you know, you, there's like certain... Yeah, I know this is on the right-hand side of the page. Yeah, Where yeah, is right. So I got the exact same Bible. <laughs> I know. I didn't have to pay $250 for it, though. But I think, you know, if St. Jerome wanted the Word of God held in his hands, he probably would all bound up in a nice single-volume book, all 66 books right there. I think he'd pay $250. Take it easy. Now you're burdening my conscience. I was going to get a case of them for the confirmands. Ah, oh, nice. But anyway, now I can't. I mean, that, a that case might of get them for spendy. 250 bucks. That's spendy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right, so back to the praise song, Cruncher. We uh, were oh, yeah, okay. talking about the song... Um, See his see love. his love. Yeah. So, um, first, is Jesus mentioned? Yeah, Jesus is mentioned all over this song. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, uh, well, see his love nailed onto a cross. That's probably going to be talking about Jesus. Then this: this is Jesus in his glory, King of Heaven dying for me. Jesus is all over this song. This is Jesus in his glory, and that's actually a nice thing. It's because Jesus, it's talking about the death of Jesus in the cross. See him there, all in the name of love, broken yet glorious. So it's it's doing this thing that we do in theology, which is really helpful, is to say that the cross of Jesus is his glory. It's really it's uh, and it's doing that nicely. Yeah, it really is. No. Oh. Um. Okay, Jesus is mentioned. What's the next one? Is is there mystical? What is it? Mystical form. So subject, yeah, verb, object. Um, I think mostly this is sentences. See his love nailed unto a cross, comma, perfect and blameless life given as a sacrifice. It's kind of, uh, you know, this could be grammatically better. 
You it it is it is close enough to a sentence though. Is does that first sentence have a subject? I guess that's the implied you. Or yeah, says, because the C is a command there. So hey, you see his love. Look at it. Yeah. So that counts as a sentence. Um, uh, th- now, perfect and blameless life given as sacrifice. That is not a sentence. It could be modifying his love, but the problem is it adds another noun to the whole business of life. Uh, so it is not a sentence, but it is close enough to a sentence that you can actually tell what it's saying. Jesus' perfect and blameless life is given as a sacrifice, and that's true. It's, in fact, one of these doctrines that's denied all over the place, the substitutionary atonement, and it's here articulated that his perfect and blameless life is now handed over to the wrath of God to save us. That's, uh, that's true. Uh, is there a repetition in that song? A little bit, uh, there, but it's almost like you have stanzas. You've got a couple of two different stanzas, and then you have a chorus that's repeated only twice. And in the end, you have a something else. Such love, such love, such love is this for me. Um, so this isn't, is isn't the fun. kind of repetition that's trying to create a, a mood, <laughs> probably. I don't think so, but I, I, I would imagine that, um, that uh, many, a praise song, uh, many a praise song leader would take this and repeat it again and again and again. So I don't wonder if maybe this, uh, this could be turned into a repetitious sort of thing. But it it's not right now. Okay, we'll keep an eye out for that. What about uh, we'll turn to mystical content? This is things about uh, you know emotional experiences, touching God, uh, or romantic imagery, loss of self, this kind of thing. I don't think so. I mean, in fact, listen to this second stanza: "Greater love, no one could ever show. No one could ever show greater love." The reason why you had to say that sentence is because you you wanted the word "show" at the end for the rhyme. But anyway. Uh-huh. Mercy so undeserved, freedom I should not know. Uh, that's true. All my sin, all my hidden shame, died with him on the cross. That's a poetic way of saying it, and I think it's probably fine. Eternity won for us. That's true. There's a lot of for us in this. For all for the sake of us, eternity won for us uh, here, which is pointing to the for you-ness of the gospel and it, but it's talking about what Jesus did on the cross which is um which is very objective the uh the 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 subjective move is probably not to the end when this little thing at the end is such love is this for me you know the word such is is just a kind of invitation to subjectivity but overall again the the song is not it's you know it's not always using sentences but it's pretty close and it's not always being objective, but it's pretty close to that. Um, I don't see anything about the internal aspect, so let's just move right on to law and gospel. Is there law and gospel in this song? There is law here. Uh, all my sin, all my hidden shame. Uh, that and that what that means is that God's mercy is undeserved. Well, I mean, all that that's kind of the definition of mercy is that it's undeserved. But anyway, it's fine. Uh, freedom I should not know. Do you see that? That means because I'm a sinner, I shouldn't know God's freedom. Um, that our sin needs to be paid for so that Jesus has to sacrifice this. And so the law is there. This, this is Jesus in his glory, King of heaven, dying for me. It's finished. He's done it. Death is beaten. And then, and the gospel is there, too, that Jesus dies. 
He and his death on the cross is the complete work for us. It beats death. It opens heaven. Sin uh, dies and shame. Uh, eternity is one, and it's all connected to the death of Jesus, which is, that's pretty good too. Hmm. Nice. Um, and then any other false teaching not already addressed? I don't. I don't see it. Do you see it? Man, no. I want to see it in this. I want to. I really do want to see it because it sounds so praise songy. You know, <laughs> just the music and everything mm-hmm. sounds so praise songy that I want to really see it, but I just can't. I. I. I think that this is. Um... This, our anonymous emailer from Australia said that this was in his friend's. Baptist... Hey, how come you didn't read this with a Australian accent? Um, I'm disappointed in you. I know. Anyway, <laughs> he said this was this was sung in his friend's Baptist church. I didn't think that at least the recording that we had was all that all that uh, singable. Uh, I, I I don't know. I didn't think it was given towards a whole church singing it. But you know, maybe maybe the praise band were that was at that Baptist church was able to kind of simplify the song a little bit. Uh, yeah, but, maybe, but no, yeah. I don't see false false teaching. No. Yep. Huh. Weird. That's um, too bad. Okay, well, um, <laughs> that's too bad. Is, is this a pass? Man, I suppose so. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> the reluctance. I'm gonna pass it. I'm gonna pass it with this caveat: is I don't, I do the just, the, and this is where we get into the subjective thing, which I wish we could be more objective about. We need a a, a melody cruncher, but we just it's, can't do it. But just the the the. The style of the music would indicate that this would be something good listening to in the car with the kids. Like you said, it's got to be a hard song to sing, and it doesn't have just the music itself doesn't kind of carry the reference. But just looking at the lyrics itself, um, I think you could I think you could sing this and still have a good conscience by the time you're done singing it. All right. Well, we're out of time for this segment, but we what? are going to uh, take a quick break and then be back. Um, our mysterious Australian listener, uh, that is Australian listener number three or four, has submitted a second song for The Cruncher, and he, he warned us Whoa. from the beginning that these might pass. And the second one is called This, I Believe, it is performed by Hillsong. And uh, we'll see if Oof. this one passes muster on the praise song Cruncher. We will be right back. If you have a praise song for us to consider, you can send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org or call it in even better 1-800-385-SOLA 1-800-385-7652 also check out our website at tabletalkradio.org and if you would like to uh, support the efforts that we do to crunch your favorite songs you can maybe give us a little donation right there on the website at uh, tabletalkradio.org more from the praise song cruncher on Table Talk Radio right after this don't go away I get Called this For those times when you just want to be alone, this is Table Talk Radio. I save all the good stuff for grappling with the text, a little video Bible study that you can find at worldvieweverlasting.com.
welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Pastor Wolf, I understand that you're like a, uh, a reporter now. Is that right? You're submitting articles to <laughs> legitimate <laughs> news sources or something? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I've, I submitted my application to be a writer for the Babylon Bee, which is this hilarious website. It's like the onion for church growthers. <laughs> I mean, it's... So here you want to you, tell me what you think about this. I mean, I wonder if I should pull this up and tell you some of the um, headlines that they have. Um, here, here, here's one. Uh, Man of God perfects the side hug. <laughs> or, Jaws of life needed to remove worship leaders skinny jeans. <laughs> oh, here's this is the best one. I want to read you this one. Youth pastor forgets what his Hebrew tattoo means. <laughs> Seattle, Washington. Local youth pastor Bryce Lopresti blew a perfect chance to give a reason for the hope within him Tuesday when his neighbor finally inquired what his tattoo means. Dude, thank you so much for asking, Lopresti reportedly replied, peering down at his forearm. It's Hebrew for, uh, it's the Hebrew word for, <laughs> I could have sliced the awkwardness with a two-edged sword, <laughs> girlfriend Samantha Spurlock recounted to reporters. <laughs> A divine appointment gone horribly wrong, that's for sure. In a press release Wednesday, Lopresti commented on the squandered opportunity, quote, It was a moment missional dreams are made of. There I stood, about to go all incarnational, and I just froze. Asked if he since determined the meaning projecting from his forearm, Lopresti was honest. I've narrowed it down to faith, hope, and love. It's got to be one of those, right? I don't know why God allowed this, he added, but I hope I'll get another chance. As that blessed Puritan John Flavel said, Providence is best read like Hebrew. Backwards. <laughs> this is great. Wouldn't it be okay. great if, if uh, as a tattoo artist, all these Christians were coming in, hey, why don't you tattoo this Greek or Hebrew on my arm? And you just wrote something else in Greek, and they never knew. Like <laughs> The rest were like, oh, yeah, it's totally about love, you know. And <laughs> Right, it's like a, it's like a brownie recipe. It's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the directions to the mini mart. So here's my attempt at, uh, at that I submitted to the Babylon Bee. We'll see if it gets on there. Uh, headline: Man denies Jesus and becomes atheist in radical outreach effort. <laughs> Dateline: Denver, Colorado. Taking seriously Paul's admonition to become all things to all people, twenty-something Jordan McCoonts recently renounced his faith. Quote, I'm an atheist now, he said. I hope this helps me reach more people for the kingdom. <laughs> Recently returned from the missionally missioning the mission conference, Mr. McCoonts was looking for a more profound ways to incarnationally engage the world. Quote, I wanted my take to take my faith to the next level, he said in a statement released Friday. And what better way is there to do that than by renouncing it altogether? <laughs> when asked if he had noticed an increase in mission effectiveness, McCoonts responded, I haven't made any new Christians, but I do feel a profound new friendship with the world. <laughs> what do you think? I think it'll go. <laughs> if I was the editor at Babylon, Babylonian B, I would go Babylon with the, B. The yep. Babylon B. Okay. Yep, yep. I'd have to get the name right before I could be an editor there. Yeah, it's all right. In any case, let's start. Uh, let's continue the praise song crunch. Now, uh, our Australian listener tells us that we need to crunch. This, I believe, um, what she says is based upon the Apostles' Creed. That's kind of cheating for a praise song, but that's all right. Uh, Hillsong performs this one, and this is what it sounds like. (laughs) 
So far, it's really good. I like the lyrics. <laughs> Hillsong, aren't those guys heretics? I think so. I wonder what the Babylon Bee says. You know, I think where the shortcoming of this game is, um, is, I mean, it strictly looks at the lyrics. So we would read this and say, okay, it sounds all right. I believe in God, our Father. I believe in Christ, uh, Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one. It all sounds pretty good. But then when you actually see someone perform it, they're like, come on now, everybody sing it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I want to do that when we... Uh, you know, after we hear the gospel and we say, all right, now everybody confess the creed like you know it. <laughs> That's right. All together now. It We're going to try that again. <laughs> that, oh, that all God's people said thing. <laughs> that is, I don't have that many pet peeves, you know. Why, you know one no, of my pe- why got, is that a pet peeve? I don't know. I got pet, uh, trash in the sink. That's one of my pet peeves. Oh, man, that drives me crazy. It's my mom is always putting trash in the sink just to mess with me. <laughs> what, like a dirty diaper or something? Or what, what's in the no, sink? No, like, you know, like you take out, like, the beef out of the wrapper and, and then you put the, the wrapper, wrapper there, in the yeah. sink. Oh, it drives me nuts. I don't know why. It's um, it's completely irrational. I know it's irrational, but anyway. <laughs> and so is uh, it's, and uh, all God's people and said. And all God's people said. <laughs> and goes, ah, get the trash out of the sink. Uh, I know. I know. Get the command out of the petition. <laughs> I thought you were talking to God, and all of a sudden you're bossing me around? <laughs> and all God's people said, that's just, it's annoying, you know? It's, it, it's in the it's Bible, those, you know. Did you know that's in the Bible? Uh, uh, yes, I think I did know that it was in the Bible. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure when I read it in the Psalms, it doesn't annoy me. <laughs> All right, all right. By the way, I got the, uh, here's the the headline from the Babylon Bee about Hillsong. Uh, worship leader under investigation for not playing Oceans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, computers containing song slides, lead sheets, and orders of worship from Passion Church were seized this week by agents from the Christian Copyright Licensing International. Worship leader Zachary Smith has been placed on unpaid administrative leave pending the outcome of an investigation into his song choices for the church's Sunday serving. According to our reports, Zach has not led a Hillsong United song since playing Mighty to Save in late 2009. (laughs) (laughs) Under Worship Ordinance 387.4b, that in itself is punishable by up to six months in prison and or a $10,000 fine. (laughs) 
The raid came as Smith was charting arrangements of some forgotten 18th century hymns he was planning to introduce to the congregation. Quote, evidence indicates that Smith was trying to actually take his congregation deeper in there uh, than their feet could ever wander, said the crossing. But he was trying to do it with substantive lyrics that contained objective doctrine. Those days are over, and I'm glad to see them go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, okay, so we have this song from Hillsong. Yep. And it says, I mean, it sounds all right. Our Father everlasting, the uh, all-creating one, God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Christ our Savior. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus, our judge and our defender, suffered, uh, suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. Okay, now let's take a closer look at this. Number one, is Jesus mentioned? Yes, Jesus is here. Okay, number two, uh, scrolling up, uh, mystical form. <laughs> um, does this song use subject, verb, and object? This is really interesting. It's a, it's a, it's a grammatical disaster, uh, really, this song. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's really interesting in, the, in a couple of different ways. There's a lot of sentence fragments, and it also is switching back and forth from third person to second person, to talking about God to talking to God. Now, the Psalms will do that. Uh, and so we can't, uh, and I suppose even there's some hymns that will move uh, persons. But this is almost kind of, it's it's like swerving around in the persons. So, um, I, through your Holy Spirit conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior, th that's first of all not a sentence. And and apparently it's address, addressed to God the Father, but then immediately the next verse is, I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son. Uh, you know, so it's moving back and forth grammatically, um, really kind of, uh, it's, like a, it's like a college football running back. It's just kind of duck and move and juking all around. This is what our our listener has said about this song. He said, this one has done the rounds for a while across the uh, range of churches here in Australia. Australia. How would you Australia. say Australia. Australia. I find it curious that it mentions... Aussie. You say Aussie. <laughs> Aussieland. I find it curious that it mentions forgiveness, but omits what's being forgiven and who's being forgiven. Maybe it's just for the ease of composition, but there's a tendency not to mention our sinfulness in any way in these songs. What do you think of that? That is uh, true. So uh, our judge and our defender suffered and crucified. Forgiveness is in you. That's, again, a sentence fragment that's a bit of a mess, and apparently talking to Jesus. But So it talks about suffering and crucifixion and forgiveness, but it, you're right. It doesn't say the forgiveness of sins, which I think is a fine point ah, made by our Australian emaila. And we are out of time for this segment, Ooh. but we're going to finish this crunch, and they just had a break, and then we're going to play Preaching to Hollywood which is kind of the same thing, only with songs you might actually listen to. We'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Podcasting before it was cool. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. 
I'm reading Luther's sermons from the House Postal every week. You can find it at www.hope-aurora.org. Click on the Luther Sermon Podcast. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We are doing the Praise Song Cruncher, and we are looking at the song by Hillsong called This, I Believe. Oh, and yeah. And so far, we've found out that this song does not have sentences. You know, those things with subject, verbs, and objects, and those things in which makes language objective. Um, this song lacks it, right? Yes, it does. This is an interesting thing, too, that um, uh, it, it's especially when we confess the creed Here's an irony in this. The creed is articulated against heresy, and uh, and it becomes now a precise theological uh, doctrine and precise definitions that are there. You know, I mean, one letter, one word, one the tense of all of these things really matters. And now it's just kind of the creed paraphrased is what's is what we have here. And I think there's there's something that's lost in this. When you start paraphrasing the creed and making it not sentences and and such, um, you mean like assertions? Is that what's lost? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that so that so that Christianity rests upon uh, propositional truth claims, and then you try to make propositional truth claims into subjective emotive expressions, and like it, you recognize it. It's kind of like. When you see someone that looks like someone you know, you're like, that looks like him. Like, I had a professor in college that taught, uh, like, Psychology 101 or whatever it was. And he looked exactly like the father from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And the entire first class session, I'm thinking, is it possible he quit acting and went into teaching? Like, this is, I mean, he looked exactly like the guy. And this is sort of like what this song is like. It looks a lot like the Creed, but something just doesn't seem right. Listen to this verse here. I believe in life eternal. I believe in the virgin birth. That's fine. I believe in the saints' communion. Okay. And in your holy church. Now, do you see what happens there? The switch from talking about God to talking to God. And then this. I believe in the resurrection when Jesus comes again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. Uh, now, in some ways, I kind of like this idea that the name of Jesus is the doctrine of the entire creed. You know, so I believe in the name of Jesus, which means I believe in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I believe in, in the church and the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and all this sort of thing. That's what it means when we say, I believe in the name of Jesus. And so that's a, that's a nice kind of theological point. But the, the, but the grammar of this whole thing is really uh, is kind of a, a bit of a mess. Yeah, I think it ruins it. <laughs> yeah, so, so, ask this, so you could ask this question about this hymn. Uh, or song. What is the thing? And you say, could you say it as a say a poem, not with music? Could you just stand there and confess this whole thing together without without music? And the answer is no. It would be it would be so confusing and a bit of a disaster. You don't know what's going on. So you can see what they've done is they've tried to just basically take the the words of the creed and and smoosh them into some music and to, and the it's in the smooshing that the thing gets deformed, you know, crushed. So does this one does this one fall to mysticism on form or content? Well, on form, I don't think it does to content. I not I, I, um 
I mean, well, the, I don't think. The, I mean, there's there's content deficiencies, but that it, there, it's not uh, mysticism. Right. It's not mysticism. Okay. It's the content is distinct. This is like okay. Let's just pretend like the creed is a loaf of sliced bread, and this is what happens when you put when you pack it onto the bottom of your grocery bag, and then <laughs> it comes out, and it's still bread, I suppose, but it's not. It's not going to be helpful, you know. You just yeah. got to feed it to the birds. All right. I'm going to call this one Crunch so we can move on and have a, enough time to do the next thing we're going to do, which is preaching to Hollywood. This is where we listen okay. to a secular song from the radio and try to get at a worldview or a theology, perhaps, at play. And the song for your consideration, Pastor Wolf Miller, is Marin Morris's My Church. Here it is. I've cursed on a Sunday. I've cheated. I've lied, I've fallen down from grace a few too many times, but I find holy redemption when I put this car in drive, roll the windows down and turn up the dial. Listen to this. When Hank brings the sermon and Cash leads the choir, it gets my cold, coal heart burning hotter than a ring of fire. When this wonderful world gets heavy and I need to find my escape, I just keep the wheels rolling, radio scrolling until my sins wash away. Ooh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, so, so basically what this song is about is how this particular... Singer likes to rock country music on the radio, and that is what she identifies to be church. Church. That's mm -hmm. right. You know, we talk about the anti-catechism, which is how the devil establishes an alternative to everything that God has instituted. So there's, you know, instead mm. of creation, you've got the evolution. Instead of, the, instead of Christ, you've got the antichrist. And instead of church, you've got the anti-church. Yep. And this is a very a kind of profound articulation of the anti-church. And also, I think that the country music uh, music writers get paid to talk about the radio because nobody really listens to the radio anymore. So all the country songs got to talk about the radio to make the radio cool. I take exception to what you just said. In what? fact, a uh, <laughs> podcast that you sent me said that uh, uh, terrestrial radio represents 62% of all in-car listening. Uh, okay. Well, I anyway. repent. I sent that to you? <laughs> I'm glad you listened to that and you could report back. Yes. Now, this is so it uses theological language to talk about, and this is maybe the point. It's using profoundly theological language. Uh, Alleluia, Amen, the Holy Ghost, Church, Sermon, Choir, Ring of Fire. Uh, oh, that's on all, Johnny Cash. Yeah. All, all that, uh, <laughs> uh, all, all of that uh, theological language. Uh, gr grace, uh, sin, uh, redemption, mm -hmm. holy redemption, is being used to talk about uh, singing along with the country radio station while driving down the highway. But I think I think there's something profound here that that uh, the songwriter identifies that that church. Uh, well, okay, if you're just asked a question, uh, maybe out on the streets, what 
what role does church play in your life? And the average person, if they care about church at all, would probably something like, well, it, it helps me get through the rough times of life so that I'm having a rough day and then I go to church and I'm kind of charged for the week. And, I, and that's essentially what the songwriter is articulating church to be. It's not going to the place where the pews are and hearing a sermon. My escape from this miserable world is the country music. So so that playing country music can give me the same thing I'm looking for that I would find if I was going to church. Yeah, escape, right? It's and the in escape. In fact, it's explicit. It says, um, when this wonderful world gets heavy and I need to find my escape, I just keep the wheels rolling, radio scrolling until my sins wash away. Yeah, I find my soul revival singing every single verse. Yeah, I guess that's my church. Do you mm. see that? Yeah. So, so uh, um, I mean, th- this we, we could play. We could have played um, which ladder with this? I think because uh, it has the assumption that church is about getting away from this suffering, but really, what church is is giving a, a context for our suffering. That is to say, that uh, though I suffer, I have the promises of God laid before before me in what He has come to give me, namely the forgiveness of my sins. Um, yeah, as yeah, a gift. Right. So so now I gladly suffer because I suffer with my Lord who died for all of my sins. Yep, that's right. But never mind that. I, I can just roll down the highway. And and this is the thing is this song invites you into this sort of attitude away from, hey, you don't need to go to church. In fact, it starts it. I've cussed on a Sunday. I've cheated and I've lied. I've fallen down from grace a few too many times. In other words, the real church is I'm not good enough for, you know, I, mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So I got to go to this church where my sins are being washed away by t- singing the lyrics rolling down the street. But that's really not what she wants, is it, in the song, her sins be washed away? Because she's, I mean, if 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 we could simply confess the truth, I've cussed on a Sunday, I've cheated and I've lied, so therefore uh, run quickly to the means of grace where God actually washes away sins— but she, what she, what she wants—that doesn't rhyme—is that ch- <laughs> I know I'm still working on the on the, but but what she wants is a church that will tolerate her sins. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean the the sermon by Hank—that'd be what Hank Williams, well, Hank, Hank Williams, Hank Williams uh, Jr. Probably the sermon from Hank Williams doesn't uh, convict her of her sins. In fact, it reassures her that hey, everybody cusses on a Sunday, everybody's cheated, everybody's lied, so fear not and enjoy the music. That's right. That's right. Play the music. And by and by joining in, you know, now I'm not singing the church songs on Sunday. I'm singing the country songs down the street. And but uh, but it's still I'm I'm in the choir and I feel good about myself. I feel good about the world I, uh, and all this other stuff. All right. Well, uh, that's a wrap for the praise song cruncher and the preaching to Hollywood. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like trying to take communion with Marin Morris driving down the <laughs> highway. Thanks for listening to this That'd edition of right. Table Talk Radio. That's, Table Talk that's Radio not my church. is not for everyone. <laughs> Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep pain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.